Despite the Government, brought to you by Tam and Buega. This podcast is a window for African entrepreneurs and innovators within Africa and all across the globe to discuss ideas towards advancing the cause of a new, vibrant Africa. Find and subscribe to Despite the Government wherever you get your podcast. This is Despite the Government Podcast. Enjoy this episode. Another episode of your podcast, Despite the Government. We're having a return of our very first episode of the podcast. I'm talking about our conversation with co-founder of Ominera Initiative. They were the very first episode on the program, and I'm happy to welcome back Larry Peter Elufison to the podcast. Um, Ominera Initiative promotes individual and economic freedom. They also advocate solutions to Africa's socioeconomic issues. Ominera simply implies freedom. They've been doing great work for the last five, six years. Uh, through media, through advocacy, through organizing seminars and conversations that drive economic freedom. Thank you again, Mr. Larry, for joining us, uh, for giving us the time. Thank you, Buega, for um, having me on the podcast a second time. I really appreciate it. And um, thanks, too, for the great work that you and the team at Despite the Government podcast um, have been doing over the years. I, I must say, I recommend you because your consistency, you know, the consistency that I've seen you guys, um, you know, bring on. So thank you for having me, Boega. We're happy to do the work and, of course, to be partners in the project, in the Free Africa project, and we'll continue to do the work to deliver on our mandate, so to speak. Um, so, Larry, let's, let's throw it back to, you know, five years ago, on the very day that Ominera Initiative was was by you and I believe your partner Um throwing it back all the way to the day one when when you started. Um how did you do a recap, a short a short or a brief summary of the journey so far with Ominera Initiative? Oh, and that's an interesting question, Boyega, and uh, thanks for asking that. You see, when Stephen and I set out to begin the Omnira Initiative for Economic Advancement was around 2017, uh, you know, when we, we had the first meeting about this initiative. And um, so as young, young, you know, Nigerians, we were both just... Um, you're passionate about you know, doing something, making an impact in the society. You know, but we have we have the common factor, you know, because of the group that the student group that we both were a member. So, uh, yeah, we we, we began with Omnirati. I remember, and you know, the idea then was we want to have a think tank. We want to you know start up a think tank in Nigeria that will make an impact in the areas of implementing freedom, prosperity, and good governance in Nigeria. But we knew that we, at the time, did not have you know, the capacity to just jump into that. You know, so we started with, we kind of broke it apart and started with Omira TV, which we knew was going to be the, like the media part 
you know, of the initiative. So we began Omina TV, started making videos, talking about the ideas of freedom, individual liberty, you know, economic freedom. And, you know, it, it kept going on uh, up until the time that we knew that uh, now we need to take it a step further. We began Omira TV and then was, you know, creating videos to inform and educate people about the ideas of human and economic freedom. And, you know, it got to a time we knew that we had to step it up. Um, and uh, that's when Omira, Omira uh, Initiative became, uh, came to the front corner. You know, we got registered in 2019 and uh, we've been doing this, organizing events, we've been doing online videos, infographics, conferences, you know, smaller events like seminars to promote the ideas that we believe in, uh, helping to uh, make Nigeria a free society. So uh, it's been an interesting journey. Um, and I think we've done um, okay, you know, for uh, a four or five year, a five year organization. But I think that I'm more interested about what's the future hope. You know, there's still way to go. We still have big plans, and uh, I think that would be our motivation to keep going. Yeah, that's super impressive, and the fact that we can, you can start a project and nurture it for five, six years, and obviously you have seen growth on every side. And I do say so in terms of the content that you put out, and in terms of the partnerships that we have seen you create i also understand that in the course of the last five years many events were held one in particular was the freedom in nigeria conference fincom which of course is the first of its kind i also thought about it before this interview your organization is like a pioneer organization in the sense that um, i'm not sure we have had an organization dedicated to advocating for freedom and economic freedom on that level uh, with consistent work as Ominera has done. So again, commendations to you. But I also want to double click on the Thank partnership aspect. What's the importance of partnership in a project like yours? The importance or the significance of partnerships, collaboration cannot be understated you know, in the civil society sector. You know, that, and that's because you realize that uh, we are all working towards the same goal, a better society, you know, in different ways. We have different messages. We have different approaches to it. But the goal at the end of the day is to improve our society. You know? So the importance of partnerships, you know, we even want to do more of that. Yes, over the years, we've, you know, we've connected with um, a few organizations, but we have even found and have, you know, uh, noted some organizations that we even want to partner with in the future, you know, because um, it's just it's just sometimes better. There is a level of there is a level that you want to operate hard, you know, that you have to collaborate with, whether um, maybe governments, other ministries, maybe other CSOs, maybe on the private sector, you know. So partnerships very important for. You know, the success of any organization what about partners in the in the academia or i should say in the think tank side of things because you look at some of the interviews that you have held on your programs and you would you know we observe that the people who 
who who suggest or who who are thought leaders that's the word in our different sectors they are academic people they are you know well read people and i want to know the impact uh, the 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 past that they play in, in nation building in building society and how they are also partners in your project uh sometimes i feel like they need to integrate more into the mainstream politics or policy formation and all of that i'd like you to speak to the importance of um, thought leaders and other eggheads and how they influence your work um i i have to say i thank you for that question i have to say that see the academia is actually the source of knowledge so to speak and uh, you cannot do we cannot do without uh, without them because they are the one who uh, you know undertake research who come up come up with new ideas you know what we do you know is to aggregate you know some of the things that they put together and we learn from that you know so because we, we don't have to reinvent the wheel in some areas but that's why for us at the most of our projects so it's a nat- it's natural to our operations to engage with academia you know uh, about a week or two ago we, we had a meeting with we have a new project that we'll be backing on in, in a few days on the first of in fact it's already on you know we, we started already but um we, we had i had a meeting at the, at the organization we had a meeting with an academia about two weeks ago talking about possible partnership and today you know, today, while thinking about uh, the next few weeks, the month of September at work, I it just occurred to me, oh, I need to meet so-so academia, academic in the University of Lagos, whom have read his works. You know, so uh, we, we cannot do without them. They, as I said, they, they produce the original, original research. They come up with these new ideas, the knowledge that, we then, you know, uh, put together, see how it can be used, applied in the work that we do. All right, then. So let, let's just push it further and talk about um, the impact. Well, before the impact, there is a way, you know, I, I, I have a belief. I don't know if it's proven philosophically, but my belief is that society would find its way around its own issues, even without external forces. Of course, there should be, intentional forces that drive society forward but i have this funny belief that things would work out anyway so given the system that we run in the country have you observed some level of change in our freedom or liberty quotient in the last 10 years or more without the impact of your work we will talk about the impact later but is, is, is there a, a validity to the idea that society would move forward anyway? And in Nigerian context now, are there certain things that you have observed change, maybe behavioral changes in the society, maybe uh, governmental systems have adjusted based on some conditions that you know we generally observe? Are there things like that in the course of your work that you have observed? So if yes. I get you clearly, you're asking that, okay, uh, it is understood that societies will fix its problem and, you know, uh, progress one way or the other. Yes, you're right that every society would deal 
fix its issues, you know, one way or the other and find a way to develop. And if we are talking about development in Nigeria, um, can we say that Nigeria has developed? Have we progressed for, um, say, the last 30 years or 20 years? I think that um, the, answer, the, the answer is that it depends on what we're looking at. You know, in some way, we have progressed. In some way, I mean, talk about uh, a democracy. You know, we've not heard since 1999 that um, the military guys handed over uh, since the beginning of the Fourth Republic, to put it that way. We had issues like you know that is becoming rare in Africa. It is, in fact, I cannot imagine a Nigerian uh, state where the military takes over. I don't see that happening um, somehow because um, I believe that as a society we have progressed, we have advanced at that level. But when you look at other things like you know human freedom, economic freedom, we can't we can't really say. You know that Nigeria, Nigeria has um, advanced uh, in in the human freedom. Of, there's this report on Nigeria's human. That's on the Human Freedom Index. I think mean. Nigeria in 2021 ranked 123. You know, out of 165 countries. So can we say then that uh, based on human freedom, Nigeria has progressed? No. If you also look at it on the economic side. Now, the Fraser Institute's Economic Freedom Index, you know, also rated Nigeria as at the last one, 2020. Nigeria's Nigeria is part of the least economic, uh, least free um, nations. So, you know, there are areas that Nigeria needs to improve that we've not yet improved at, but there are things that we can point to, you know, like um, you know our a democratic system that we've been we've had since 1999 good one uh and if you look at the new administration now you know start certain things that i am happy about that i feel is progress is something like the removal of the fourth subsidy you know after decades of you know uh people clamoring over a decade it's been years that nigerians have been talking about removing fourth subsidy and finally this administration have said okay we have to remove it now. So in some cases, and if you also look at the business environment, you know, um, improving the business environment, Nigeria has improved slightly in that area, but there's still more to go. So yes, there are areas where we are progressing, but there are still way to go. There are still, you know, in some key areas, we are still lagging behind and we need to, you know, improve you know, as a matter of urgency. Um. So, so let's talk about the impact of Omnia Initiative and the bigger picture. I watch your content on YouTube, I follow on Twitter, and I see the different events that you organize. Could you do a summary of some of the, or I should say the importance of the work that Omnia Initiative does, uh, even though this might be a hard task for you to praise yourself, but I, I guess it's still, uh, it has to be done. Um. The the conversations are always towards free, open open the border, free trade, freedom in Nigeria, advocating for people who are being marginalized or who are not allowed to express themselves. 
And of course, the economic aspect that I understand you focus real attention on. Uh, tell me the summary, uh, a little summary of uh, the work that you have done so far, reaching out to people across different mediums and organizing these events. So th thanks for that question, Greg. As you said, you know, it's kind of hard you know, to um, you know, maybe blow my own horn, you know, but to be honest, I think our, the impact that our organization has had has been in the area of, you know, of informing the public. So as, an, as an organization, our focus is a lot on advocacy, research and advocacy. You know. So in advocacy, we use different um, approaches, we take different approaches to it. We, we produce online videos, we do um, documentaries, we have fellows that publish in top newspapers regularly every month, you know, uh, and you know, and other things like events. And if you look at it, at the end of the day, we are informing the public about the beliefs that we have, about our beliefs, about the solutions, the things, ideas that we believe are solutions to our our, our, our issues. In the, whether it, whether it's in the area of uh, free trade, which is about economic freedom or improving the legal system or you know property rights the, the ideas that we believe are solutions we are solutions driven and so uh, with lots of articles over the years over hundreds hundreds now i'm sure we've, we've published over 100 now over the years you know every month i'm very sure recently one of our fellows was was on the tv informing the people about uh, uh, free trade, intra-African trade, and you know the, the new Pan-African payment settlement system. And he's, he told me he's been getting messages from people telling him, "Oh, did you know about that before?" We're, we're letting the people know because public opinion also drives um, decisions of public uh, leaders or the government. You know, when the government feel the pulse of the people, they know, they hear what they are clamoring for. You know, so the public needs to first be informed so that they know what to clamor for and so that the government can then listen to them. So that's where you, you would see a connection there because we, were, we are preparing the society to say, this is what we should be asking for. This is the right part. This is what we should adopt. You know, and I believe uh, also, aside from informing the public, we're also engaging. Uh, we're also engaging stakeholders to let them see the findings from our research. This is what we should do now. This is way to go to develop as the society. So I believe that um, our work is making an impact. Incredible, and I'm also a witness to that because some of your uh, fellows and partners on Ominera Initiative uh, are also guests on our radio shows and on different other radio shows where they advocate and they prefer solutions to some of the societal issues that we talk about uh, on our talk shows on radio. And that's really impressive. And also, like I mentioned, the Freedom in Nigeria conference was the first of its kind. And I we'll get to that before we wrap up this podcast. But let me talk about uh, again, congratulate you for Think Tank Shark Tank competition at the Africa Liberty Forum in South Africa. That was like a month ago. Uh, you presented 
a paper, I believe, on driving prosperity through property rights. Can you tell us a bit about that experience and, you know, how this came about? Oh, um, thank you, Gwega, for bringing this up. Yes, um, last month I was in South Africa where I participated in the competition, the think tank uh, Shark Tank um, at the African Liberty Forum by Atlas Network. So uh, three of us com uh, competed for a $15,000 um, prize for a project. And as you said, I pitched a project titled Driving Prosperity Through Property Rights, uh, DPPR in short, which is a project that I was talking about earlier that, you know, um, we started already in July. So it's an 18-month uh, project where we're going to be working with you know, stakeholders in, in the southwestern states you know, to improve land administration in the country. We've now researched that less than 5% of land in Nigeria has been legally registered. You know, and no matter how you look at that, that's a problem, you know, because if less than 5% of land in the country is legally registered, and you know what it, what it means when your land is not legally registered? It means that um, your land can be grabbed either by the government or anyone powerful that you are, you know, because that's like the, the evidence of ownership. You know, so, but when we looked at, okay, so why is this, why, do, why is it that 5% of land in Nigeria is legally registered? We found that it's the process, you know, the process of land registration, the process of land transfer, land ownership is, is cumbersome. You know, talk about the documents you have to get or about the monies you have to pay. So we came up with the idea to say, okay, let us improve land administration, starting at the sub-national level, focus on Southwest Nigeria, because Obviously, you know, it's, uh, we, di we didn't want to take a national approach straight up. So thankfully, um, the judges resonated with the, with the pitch and uh, uh, we won. So I, I am quite proud of that, you know, because um, we've had property rights, improving property rights in Nigeria as a goal for, uh, you know, it's one of our focus areas as an organization. And, you know, in fact, about two years ago, we produced a documentary titled who owns our land, you know, and the idea of that was, it was that you, you can tell that we've been on this property rights issue for a while, you know, so it's a good thing to finally have some funds to carry out this project that, uh, that started already. So we'll be engaging the ministries of lands and housing in the six states in Southwest Nigeria. Um, and mm. then we'll, you know, We'll be delivering our findings, engaging them, letting them understand why we need to improve land administration. So the goal, basically, we want to see them adopt e-registries of land. You know, we want them to reduce the costs and the time that it takes to register land in the states. And we believe that by doing this, we'll increase land registrations from the, you know, the mega 5% that it is, you know, and Hopefully, we're also going to be doing publications and, you know, and videos as we usually do to inform the people about this issue. So um, that's the project. That was the experience. Winning that at the South Africa was, was, uh, was like a brilliant moment. I must say it's, it's a proud moment, uh, you know, but now uh, it's already in the past and now we have the work to do. Yeah, a lot of work. And I must commend you again. That is very impressive policy work right there. 
policy, major policy reforms, if I must say. Uh, I was in conversation with Alex Hammond of the IATP, Initiative for African Trade and Prosperity, and yeah. he was really positive. Or His main talk, when I asked him the most important thing about advancing African societies, and he said it is entrenching property rights and I see how important this is to your work as well. And of course, like you said, starting from the subnational level, when you present your your findings and you do your policy research work, it looks like there is really hope on your horizon to have some real policy reforms in that area. And we wish you all the best as you go ahead. Thank you, Boega. Thank you. Let's talk about Nigeria uh, and um, you know different issues that are happening in recent times. Um, like I said, society can advance at its own pace without without catalysts influencing the process. But even when you have catalysts, uh, the, the process will be faster. Let's talk about the new government and the hopes, the promises, the things that we are seeing. I saw a tweet by Ominira HQ. Uh, talking about the recent tax, a statement by the, the tax advisor to the president, Taiwo Yedili, and there seems to be some reforms um, on the horizon in that area as well. Is that something you have been watching? And would you like to make a comment on, on some of the prospects that the government should be looking at to advance economic freedom and be better position the country's economy generally? So um, I'm not an expert on tax uh, issues, you know, but um, as you said, that's an area that we're watching, given that it's one of the, you know, um, things that this new administration you know, embarked on. You know, they were quick to, you know, call out fuel subsidy. Uh, the president was very quick to say, no, remove us straight up to it. And, uh, you know, in the first, I think within the first month or so, or the second month, you know, instituted a committee on tax reform. And that tells me a story. It shows that the government is actually concerned or prioritizing, let me say, a revenue generation. You know, it is, it is typical of Nigerian government to, be, to want to generate more, more money, all right? So that's why we see how they tax many organizations like the customs and all to you know to to generate funds for the government. But the new administration step or the, the early step to establish or put together a tax reform is is commendable. And I see um, Mr. Yedele, who is the you know the the chair of that committee as someone who knows his audience. He, he's, he's been he's a thought leader that we've all known for many years, talking about you know how the government needs to uh, create a simple taxation system, you know, and I think knowing the, the message that he's been it's always been about for years, I think he's someone who has the business environment, you know, in in mind. So I am expecting that something good will come out from there, yeah, especially in the areas of unifying, um, having, a, having an equitable system, uh, taxation system, and unifying some of the multiple taxations that businesses have to bear. 
you know, I, I think mm. one of the things they've done is also forcing, you know, taking a course on a particular tax. Um, now I can't remember which of the, you know, the particular one, but you know, I, I think that I expect the committee to come up with ideas that will, you know, help or support the business environment because at this time we cannot overtax businesses that are working in a tough environment. You know, so mm. I expect I expect something good to come up come out from there. But since uh, they've not yet um, given us uh, a final their goals, or we, we've not seen the document uh, a final document from them yet, you know, so we keep fingers crossed and see what they come up with. But I expect something that will support the business environment from there. Interesting. Are there other areas in terms of personal freedom and economic freedom that you are looking forward to? this government um, maybe activating some new arrangements or maybe making some moves that would uh, direct us in that area are you any observations so far yeah um, i i think that as i said earlier i like how the government the, the president was very straight to removing force of city but i still have a concern there even though um, i also like how the idea of unifying uh, the FX rates, but when I began to see the consequences of that, and you see, this is something about governance and you know policies. It's sometimes the government make decision, and it is possible to rescind on that decision, seeing the consequences. You know, you can take you can take it back if you have to. You know, so uh, when the government removed uh, cross subsidy and unified the you know the FX exchange rate. I was I was excited that okay this is good, you know, but when we began to see what the problem that I've seen there is that there is a lack of transparency and you know accountability because there are still talks that somehow you know subsidies still exist in a way you know, because we still see the disparity of uh, the exchange rate at uh, CBN exchange rate and you know and the the parallel market which is what the government is trying to do the unification is not working and this has consequences on on businesses, you know, but um, away from that, I think that if you also look at recently the, the, the president um, nominated, we've seen the president's cabinet, you know, and one of the things going around about that is how this is a large cabinet we've seen since 1999. And you want to say that we should not have at this time, with the way the economy is, we should not have a big government that's that big. You know why? Why yeah. can't you make? We need we, we need a lean government. You know because all of these people and we know how. Let's not talk about how these people, how much these people get paid, and you know all the benefits that they have, which which is you know in a way taxpayers taxpayers money. You know, but what I think that we need to move forward as a nation, um, advancing Nigeria or Nigeria's development is not something that will happen overnight. You know, because well, if we speak about our problems, we would, you know, we would write a whole book, all right? But um, I feel like it is possible in a couple of decades. And the very three physical things that I want to see is that we want, we need to establish law and order. There's no two way about it. It's as simple as that. We cannot have, we cannot have a society that lacks, you know, where, where, where the judiciary lacks uh, legitimacy in court because without effective judiciary, it's 
you know, we can't we can't build a society that will advance. We can't we can't we can't develop as a society. We need to establish an effective administration of justice that everyone obeys, not the one for the poor, for the masses, and a different one, you know, for, for the leaders. A, a society is not built that way. And also talk about our security, which are all, which all still fall under law and order. You know, then we also need to adopt an open economic system. That's where we talk about free trade. That's where we talk about, you know, um, improving the business environment, ensuring that, you know, we, we develop our microeconomic resilience and all of that. You know, uh, the last thing would, for me would be then to invest in human capital. Talk about education and talk about healthcare. Without those two things, um, we are not helping the the, the the Nigerians, the citizens, because we have a population that that's a huge market, you know, and we have a very young population that that a lot of developed nations desire. So why can't we invest and develop our human capital and see? And the best easy way to do that is to ensure that everyone is educated. You know, and ensure that there's access to quality healthcare. So I think if we do this, but you know, these things, uh, I believe the leaders know. You know, it is how they will approach these things. And for me, you know, establishing law and order is the first thing. We need a society where everybody is equal before the law. There's no substitute to that. It is until we, that's the foundation that we can build an open economy, and that's the foundation that will ensure that. Money is intended to develop human capital in the sense of developing our educational and healthcare system would be spent on the right thing. So um, that's that for me. I believe that will put Nigeria on the path of advancement. Solid. Um, thank you for that. Uh, I wanted to double click on the issue of lean government, limited government. I mean, forty-five ministers is a lot. Already, we're talking about a large um, um, legislature with um, 436 members, or way more, both chambers. And we're talking about downsizing, reducing costs of governance, limited governments, and all of that. Um, I have some ideas, but I would like to hear your views on how to achieve that reduction. We understand that it comes from nepotism, some of it comes from political patronage, some of it comes from entitlement and all these things. What's our way out of out of that system? I would think that um, more people who have alternative ideas should join the political space and, and search for power and bid for power. But that seems to be quite tasking. What are your ideas in that area? Yeah. Um... We got to be honest in in Nigeria. You would if you, I don't know how close you have been or that you are to, you know, to politics. Politics in Nigeria is a different ballgame, and if you get close to it, you will see that um, it's not, it's not, it's fun and it's not fun. Okay, so yeah, I um if you if you understand. How Nigerian politics work, you will see why it is like a business. You know, people people will go in there. It's a, it's, you go in there with lots of money. It takes lots of money to win any election in Nigeria. 
And as expected, when you spend so much, you would, you would you know, want to make it back in the way. And in a society where law is really not, you know, defective, so it is, it is what it is. And that's why you see people who really care, people who have things upstairs, people who have, you know, who want to really make impact, when they get close to it and they see how it is, you know, it's easy to give up and just want to walk away if you don't want to play that game, you know. But I believe that things, things are, will, will, will begin to change because we are seeing more young people who come, on, come into politics. And I believe that more and more because everyone now is calling for change. Everyone wants, wants, wants Nigeria to succeed. So more and more we'll see more people. But about, you know, how to achieve reducing, you know, um, the government size, the government spend, it's really not a problem if the government spends. You, the government can spend some money, but what what is this? What are we spending that on? You know, are we making more than that? How are we getting what we're spending? Are we borrowing, borrowing to do what? You know, it, it's not a problem if this new the new president says he needs forty six ministers to deliver on his promise. If he's certain. That that will make his administration competent. That that will help him to, you know, prioritize development and do what he is supposed to do. We won't have a problem with that, you know. But I just think that what for the six people can achieve, maybe thirty people or less can achieve. It's really not necessarily about the numbers, you know. And it's not just about the the number of people in the cabinet. You know how it is, you know, where you have to find. We see that there are new new ministries um, that have been established now, so maybe that calls for the need to have that large number. But I'm looking at their competence. That is what matters. You know, they need to prioritize development. They need to, you know, we, we need we need them to this administration to demonstrate that they are determined to govern for good and for the good of all. You know, not just the good of a few people. So that's, I think that is what's most important. You know, but definitely we need to cut down on government spending, especially if we are not making as much. It doesn't make sense. It's the same um, financial economic thinking. If you're not, if you're spending more than you earn, you're going to run into debt. You know, so that's, we shouldn't run our nation like that. You know, I mm. you know there's been so much going on like that, you know, with the CBN issues, foreign exchange reserves, JP Morgan saying this, CBN saying that. So I, I just think that if we become more transparent and accountable as a, as you know, as a nation, if the government becomes more transparent and accountable, um, it will help, you know, to to for us to develop faster. So um, a lot of these things going on and we are watching and following. You know, but um, competence is what matters. We need good governance and we need competence to achieve that. Interesting. We were hoping for the best from the government. Uh, we're also hoping that uh, some of these things that we we want to change desperately, uh, that we start to see some changes. And also we see more young people in government, more young people in politics and really speedy advancement. Uh, in all these areas. Hopefully in the next electoral cycle, something gets to change. Uh, let's come back to Minera Initiative now. Um, I understand that organizing symposia 
and events are a big part of your work. Uh, I recall again, I mentioned the Freedom in Nigeria conference, and I, I saw that that was a successful debut. Uh, I want you to t tell us about the importance of your events, and in particular, the Freedom in Nigeria conference. And I understand there's one more coming up next week or next month, uh, Leveraging Technology for Trade in Africa. Tell me about events hosted by Omira Initiative. About Freedom in Nigeria Conference, yes, we had the first one last year, which we are so proud of. Um, unfortunately, it's not looking like we'll be able to have a physical think on this year. Well, we're most likely going to have a virtual um, so um, about Freedom in Nigeria conference, we hope to get back to uh, having it physically from next year. For this year, most likely going to be a virtual event. But our goal for that is for it to become an annual event in the next years, you know, where we bring together our stakeholders, you know, to promote freedom, human and economic freedom in Nigeria, because we believe that that is the path to our prosperity as a nation. Incredible. So um, needless to ask, what's the next two, three years looking like for Mineral Initiative? And um, are we going to have, you know, your fellows are doing amazing work. Is there more to come as regards training, as regards events, as regards policy reforms, and maybe politics at some point? Yes, more to come, you know, um, next two, three years years i see an omnia initiative that you know uh, more 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 known for the work that we do um an organization that you know organizes events you know conducts research and you know does advocacy so um i know there will be lots of events i know there will be a lot of stakeholder engagements there will be our fellows who keep doing their work you know make publishing on top newspapers and platforms you keep you see more of them on tv hear them on radio and um we'll keep you know taking on policies that will help nigeria succeed as a nation that will bring freedom to nigerians and help us prosper as a nation we need to stop being the nation with the highest number of people living in extreme poverty we have no business being that nation if we do the right things. And those are the things that we want to, you know, the issues that we want to find solutions to and promote. So, uh, Paul Scott, uh, you should plug your Amen. social media accounts. Where can people find you, your personal work? And also, Ominera HQ, Ominera Initiative. Where can we read about your work? Uh, where can we follow online? Yeah, on um, Twitter on Twitter, on Facebook, on um, LinkedIn, and um, Instagram, Ominira HQ, you find us there. Um, my personal um, social handle, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, Instagram, um, at I am Larry Peter, uh, LinkedIn, Larry Peter, if you saw, and uh, as well on Facebook. Thank you so much, um, an executive director of Ominera Initiative, Larry Peter Elufiso. Thank you for coming for the second time on our podcast. <laughs>
Goega Hadioya, my friend. I hope I get that right. Thank you for yeah. having me, and well, I appreciate and you. Thanks sir. for the incredible work that you do. Um, we're humbled. We're really humbled, and we we hope to collaborate more. Thank you so much.